Welcome to the podcast of MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Cars.com, Valvoline, and Goodyear. Here's your MotorWeek podcast host, John Davis. Welcome to MotorWeek's podcast number four, coming to you from our MotorWeek Studio A. And joining me are senior writer and reporter Dave Durso. Hi, John. And our writer, Shamit Chuxi. Glad to be here. Assistant producer, Ben Davis. Uh, I'd like to thank the... Oh, wrong speech. Wrong speech, Ben. And reporter and producer, Stephen Chupnick. Hello, hello. And we're going to get things off to a start with one of the most controversial vehicles that's coming on the market currently. Ben Davis, the 2009 Toyota Venza crossover. What really is the Venza? It's not your typical crossover, right? It's not. It's... um they, they're saying that it's a car optimized. That's the buzzword that they're using. And basically, they say that it's made from a bunch of different Toyota vehicles. A little bit of Highlander in there, some Camry. Um, it's got about the, it's a lower roof line than the Highlander, but they say that it's the same ground clearance as a Highlander. It's a, a lot easier to get into and out of than a lot of SUVs. But it's, uh, I mean, it can tackle everyday city terrain and potholes and stuff much better than a car. So it's... I guess it maybe it is a car optimized. You know, when I saw it, to me, and I know this is actually one of the most controversial aspects, it was the first time that we've seen this kind of swoopy roof, uh, four- and five-door fashionable coupe-like um, styling that the Europeans started with the CLS, and now we have the, um, the Volkswagen CC, which we'll be talking about later on the show. And uh, the X6 from BMW, first time it's been applied to a mass market crossover. But yet, you didn't find that that swoopiness in reality was anything that particularly hinders getting in and out of the vehicle or anything like that. Oh, not, not at all. And honestly, a lot of people might not even notice the, the swoopiness on the Venza in particular as much as they would, say, the X6 or so. I mean, I even early noticed swoopiness uh, as early as the Dodge Magnum wagon, really. Mm-hmm. And it uh, more in tune with the sweepiness of that. But the the um, Venza is big. I mean, it's actually slightly longer than a Highlander, yet it only seats five people. It swallows up five people, though. I mean, you can put five very big people in there. Who do you think it's aimed at? I liked it. Uh, I would buy one. I would say it's aimed at... Um, Young families that are think that they might quickly outgrow a uh, standard sedan if they bought one. Something that they really don't have to muscle car seats in and out of, maybe. Or um, maybe just young couples who have a lot of, you know, three pretty good-sized friends. Trendier. Would you say it's it's definitely a, a trendier, more fashionable? It definitely is. I mean, yeah. it um, the stock wheels on the six-cylinder are 20-inch, and the stock wheels on the four-cylinder are 19-inch. So that should give you a good hint you know that's actually a great point there there is a four-cylinder version which there isn't of the highlander so if you're conscious about fuel economy that's actually a pretty good deal yeah mm-hmm. definitely anybody else have any yeah, comments what, what, i mean what class do we put this thing in i mean obviously the, the the primary competition is the dodge journey saturn view these are compact or but these these are crossover vehicles ford you know edge and flex ford edge, sure but this thing is not a crossover suv i mean I've yeah heard of, i think I, it is it's a it, mid-size it, every if you really look at it forget the marketing hype 
Right. It is a combination of a car, an SUV, what the perfect definition of what we've been calling a crossover. Even if it happens to be, you know, if they want to pretend it's something different, that's fine. But if you are, you know, it is, a, what is a crossover? A crossover is a cross between different types of vehicles. Sure. So that's what it is. I keep hearing this crossover sedan, though, as opposed to crossover utility. Right. So they've sort of like, I guess they're leaning towards a sedan. They're saying Except it's, a it's got five least. doors. Correct. So, so <laughs> yeah. It's, so, I mean, it's I come think down to marketing people saying yeah. we can't say what the other guy said. Yeah. We have to come up with something new. You know, um, the the simple fact is, well, look at the uh, the BMW X6. Uh, it's a five door crossover. They call it a sports activity coupe. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. Sounds right. So the the point is, though, it's a very highly styled. Um, I'm not sure I'd call it premium because basically they do have a four-cylinder and a mo- rel- relatively modest price, but certainly a very stylish. It's very well done, too. I mean, uh, Toyota's come a long way with texturing. Uh, even though the interiors are still mostly um, different kind of rubbers and plastics and stuff, the texturing process that they've come along with just makes everything look so much higher line than it really is. Now, let's move on to another example of this swoopy uh, styling being applied to something other than a coupe, and that is the 2009 Volkswagen CC. They started calling it the Passat CC, Dave Durso, but I guess they've dropped that. But what it, CC stands for Comfort Coupe, but that doesn't really tell you about the car. No, it really doesn't. And it's uh, the thing that seems struck me most significantly was you mentioned the Mercedes CLS earlier. Mm-hmm. And you go to take this thing to a gas station. That's the first thing everybody wants to know. Huh. Is that a CLS? And that's they, pretty they, good. It uh, really it really jumps out at, it, yeah. at them like that. But actually, the comfort coupe there, um, the comfort part, it really fits in a lot of ways because unlike the Mercedes, which is a larger car, mm-hmm. but with a, let's face it, a pretty useless back seat. You, right, except for Difficult to get, yeah. get into. You can actually get in the Volkswagen. I'm 5'11". I have no problem getting in the back. I have no problem riding in the back. It's a really good piece of packaging. So you didn't find, you found, though, at, at 5'11", your head was right up against the roof. I was close, but I could ride there. I could ride comfortably. I couldn't ride comfortably in the CLS. Otherwise, it's basically a Passat. It's got it Passat powertrains, the Passat mm-hmm. chassis, which... Did you feel that it was tuned any differently? It does have a little sportier tune than the the basic Passat you can go and get. Mm-hmm. It's at, at your Volkswagen dealer. It's, um, I mean, it's a little firmer. It's a little tighter. I mean, they did a little nice job. It's a little closer to. It's not quite GTI, but it's closer mm-hmm. to that. So they're they're going for a, a little more of an enthusiast driver, I think, with this one. Anybody else have any comments? Because this car is actually with us as we speak, and we've all been driving it in the I'm last just week or two. I'm looking forward to getting behind the wheel. I haven't driven it yet, so that's something that's. It's a very slick looking car. I have to say the the seats, which are two tone leather, in this particular one, we've got a VR6 with the four motion all wheel drive. They're very. Um, they look like the old Mustangs with the pleated seats. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Volkswagen's uh, trying to push it a little upmarket, hmm. so this is a pretty deluxe interior. They strike me as Ferrari esque, actually. Well, that's actually yeah, a very yeah. good. That's with another the good color point. combo. And if you look back at, or even some of the current Ferraris, how they do the pleating on the seats. Yeah. The um, uh, other aspect of the car that that got me, besides just the looks, is the fact that you know it's it's it covers a broad price range. The base car is around twenty eight, and then you go up to over forty with the mm-hmm. four motion and the VR six. But boy, that base car is actually a pretty nice car. Yeah, well, you've got two hundred horsepower uh, turbo four cylinder, so it's uh, it's going to get around just fine. That's a proven engine. Volkswagen enthusiasts love it. I mean, it's uh, and it's it's very well equipped. I mean, you can get into the base car and not really have to move up. I mean, a, a lot of Volkswagen fans are going to be very happy with that. 
Ben, you spent a lot of time shooting the car. Anything jump out about you? About the uh, the paint is very beautiful. Although you wouldn't really uh, you wouldn't gather that information off of first view. But when the lighting becomes an issue, uh, low light and fog, that paint really jumps out from the from the dullness. It's it's a spectacular color. I, I was impressed. Where I look at the Mercedes CLS as sort of a car for carrying the kids around on the weekend, but you can look pretty cool during the week. The um, CC from Volkswagen seems to be much more of a car you could live with every day. Oh, absolutely. Because and a lot less money. Even with a usable rear seat, it's got a big trunk. Hmm. So you can really, you can carry all your stuff. There's no, you're not making, really uh, compromising anything for that style. It certainly is a, a more interesting car to live with than I thought it was when I first saw it. Speaking of living with something, something that most of us that own homes have to live with for a good six or seven months of the year is the chore of lawn mowing. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things when you tromp down to the shed, you hope it starts and you go mow the lawn. And I don't know about you, but I find it. Actually, uh, it sounds like my car. <laughs> it does sound like a lot of cars. It's one of those times you can think uh, pretty clearly because you're pretty much by yourself. But, you know, Stephen Chupnick, I leave it to you to find something really over the edge about lawn mowing. Why don't you tell us what the subject of one of your most recent segments was about? Well, this was actually one of the stories that uh, that I saw. I was trying to find a story, and I happened to see the, the lawnmower racing. And lawnmower racing. And this was uh, something that kind of jumped out at me, and I said, I've got to find out about this. And so I went out there and was kind of surprised that these guys who and girls who ride these mowers and race these mowers take it really, really seriously. Um, is this a national thing? It is actually a national thing. Um, they have uh, the U.S. Lawnmower Racing Association. Um, and uh, it was brought over from the British. Uh, uh, the British started it uh, years ago. And in 1992, a company in Chicago, uh, Gold Eagle, brought it over. And they started it, and it's grown huge. And do, do they do regional championships and then a national? I mean, what's actually? Are they racing around a, an oval or through an obstacle course or what? Um, they have some obstacle courses, but uh, but mostly it's an oval. And it, it, there's competitions throughout the year that regionally they go through through West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, and they have championships that for no money, but just for trophies and. And for the glory of winning. Are they souped up? Uh, actually, yeah. They, they take a go-kart uh, uh, engine. They, they replace the regular engine. Uh, no, they, they, they first take off the blade. Uh, you know, that's the that's one thing. That's probably good. <laughs> that, that's the one thing that, uh, that's the then most you're important. you're not going to get your lawn done. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is a problem, though, if you want to get it done quickly. Um, but, uh, How but, fast do these things go? I mean. Well, I, I got on one that, uh, that went about 35 miles an hour around oh, the track. Wow. Um, there were guys that were racing 80 miles an hour around the track and uh that one i wasn't about to touch <laughs> <laughs> you valued your life more than I, the law i did value, I, I, but i did i was wearing uh, they they require you wear a helmet uh i was wearing a full helmet uh pads uh long sleeve shirt it's it's another form of affordable racing that you know is, and uh, that's one of the most amazing things that no matter how expensive racing gets and, and car racing and bike racing has gotten very expensive 
we keep finding ways to go out and have competition that are affordable. But yeah. unfortunately, but telling me they took the blade off, you've already ruined my plans for having inviting them over the house to do my lawn. So. <laughs> well, but single I, purpose machines. I do have to say, I mean, as 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 much as the competition between everybody is, they are a real family. I mean, that's the one thing, and and most of them, some of them actually are. They race against their husbands and wives, their mm. brothers, uh, sisters. Uh, kids. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and it's, everybody's a real family atmosphere. Every, everybody gets along. They help each other out. That's the most surprising thing I thought, I thought was. Well, I thought mm-hmm. the segment turned out lots of fun. So thanks, Stephen. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to uh, something a little more orthodox. Shamit, you basically have just finished up the uh, test on the Mazda 6, That's one right. of the most um, widely awaited mid-size car entries for the year. So give us a, a rundown of the highs and lows. What do you think of it? Well, John, it, it's, I mean, obviously this is an all-new car um, uh, in terms of interior, exterior, under the hood. Um, uh, it, it's, the, it's the quintessential sort of family mid-sized car uh, the only thing is is that it's had this long uphill battle within its segment against uh segment heavyweights according camry this well what its- but its big disadvantages were what against those cars it was the fact it was a little small right well a little small and i think i, I just think from a branding standpoint i mean toyota and 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 honda are just juggernauts and i think that's you know that's the big thing that it's had to contend with um i think toyota and Mazda's is looking to turn this around and what they've done is they've made the car uh they've kind of split the difference they've made the car larger they've made it more aggressive looking much more aggressive uh, much it more looks aggressive a lot like looking. their their concept cars and, and and to match up with those aggressive looks they've given it two new powertrains uh a, a large four, a uh, large mm-hmm. inline four-cylinder. Um, it's a 170-horsepower engine. Um, the, the real champ is the V6. It's a 3.7-liter V6 that has 60 more horsepower than last year's model. And that speaks to this whole performance zoom-zoom uh, advertising that Mazda does, because I know that the previous Mazda 6, generally we all loved it, um, we found it much more of a driver's car than the Camry or Accord, but that lack of interior room, the fact it was the smallest of that group, you know, just families just said, eh, you know, I need the room. Need That's the room. definitely changed, though. That, right. is, that car has got a nice big cabinet well, now. And the reason for that is a longer wheelbase. Mm-hmm. And so ride has been improved also. Um, actually, I would say the emphasis is over is ride over handling with this car. Uh, so even though it has more power and looks more aggressive, it's not the greatest handler in the world. It's just it's a very comfortable car. It's a family pseudo sporty looking sedan. What about the interior? Because I think there was some controversy on the staff about that. Ben, well, or Dave. Oh, go good. Okay. Um, basically, I, the interior design, the layout's nice. I think uh, some of the plastics are a little on the shiny side, mm-hmm. which uh, more so than you might see in Honda or Toyota, which I, I personally don't care for. Um, like I said, the uh, but the layout I can't complain about. Uh, that's probably my only beef is the plastics. Ben, my inner zoom zoom burns pretty brightly, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> gone through many <laughs> Miatas, <laughs> gone through a couple as well. Um, granted, the interior, the uh, the passenger side offers nice materials and soft touch, but the driver side, uh, there's no soft touch there. But I mean, if you're touching the dash on the driver side. That's kind of dangerous anyway, I guess. But the uh, the drivers from the driver's point of view, the cockpit, it's got a nice cockpit sports car feel for the driver and tons of room for everybody else. So it's it's definitely a more sportier choice than, I would say, a quarter camera. It's, it's one of the biggest cars out there in that class. So, mm-hmm. uh, you Big. know, all in all, 
Big interior, more trunk space, and it has optional blind spot monitoring. Which so is as, far, cool. yeah, as far as safety yeah. goes, yeah, I like the car. I actually, I thought their control layout was a little bit novel. It it still was uh, driver oriented, but uh, so it wasn't anything strange. But some of the switch shapes and all are a little different, and made me feel like I was in something special. It's definitely a car worth considering if you're mm-hmm. looking at the uh, at the big boys in that segment. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of the big boys, I want to thank all you folks for gathering around the table for our Motor Week podcast number four. As always, it's uh, been a lot of fun. We hope it's been enlightening for you out there listening. And I want to give special thanks to Jim Bigwood, who's in charge of audio for our podca- podcast. But first and foremost, Michelle Parker, who is our producer, who makes Make sure that we get into the studio on time and have everything laid out and uh, gets us through these. So and thanks, M&Ms. Michelle. And, and M&Ms. M&Ms. You brought M&Ms today. So. Peanut and plane. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Michelle. Thank all of you for listening to our Motor Week podcast, and we'll see you again soon on Motor Week. You have been listening to the podcast of Motor Week, television's original automotive magazine. Motor Week is made possible by Cars.com, Valvoline, and Goodyear. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at motorweek.org. And watch Motor Week, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.